Yo, what is good, everybody? Welcome back to Bottom of the Bottle. This is episode four. And today, we got my son. He's not really my son, but we, we call him my son uh, because I've known him and his band since I think Benny was 14 the first time I met him. Benny? Benny Shoal from Avoid. Benny Shoal from Avoid? Yeah. He's going to talk to us? Yep. He sure as fuck is, dude. What? What's he going to talk to us about? Oh, all types of shit. Oh. I'm going to ask him what the weirdest thing he smoked weed out of was. Because I know he's he, <laughs> he's pretty famous for making up, they make up these contract. I think they like smoked weed out of a fucking like cantaloupe one time or something. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. They, they've done a lot of weird ones. Those guys are, they're weird fucking kids. But yeah, we're going to have him on in a little bit. But before we get there. Uh, just doing a little shameless plug for myself. Uh, if any bands are in need of any design work, uh, photography, videography services, I am currently booking. So if you want to check out my work and you want to get your band or brand looking fresh as fuck, fresh. go to kendalljohns.com. That's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-J-O-H-N-S.com. And we can get fucking getting your shit booked and get you guys in. But before that, just some opening thoughts real quick. Uh, I woke up to some pretty shitty news this morning. Um, extortionist has called it quits. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and we just did a run with them in February. Uh, also, if people don't know, uh, I did their music videos for their two Stay Sick releases, those two music videos. And um, yeah, I fucking love those guys. Um, they're some of the coolest people that we've toured with and met and kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting it and I was just like, fuck, they're just done. But also, like, I know all the shit that they've been through because they've been through a do you ton know what, of shit. Do you know what happened? No, well, that's the thing. I was sad and I was like, man, it sucks that they're hanging up because they've been through so much. But then I was like, oh, yeah, they've been through so much. They're probably just tired, man. Mm. I don't know how, like, I've talked to Ben about this personally. And I've been like, dude. I don't know how you do it, man. Like, you have, you got, they've gone through so much shit, man. Like, shit that no other bands have gone through. Like what? Oh, man. I remember, like, the morning we were going to shoot a music video, we had to change the whole plan because, like, an ex member tried to say one of them was uh, a rapist or something like that. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. Like, just, they've gone through so much shit and just like vehicle problems after vehicle problems, uh, member change after member change. And Ben is, he's this young, Ben's only 22 years old. And he's been doing the band since he was like fucking 14 or some shit. Oh my God. And he, they've done all that stuff and they've been through so much shit. Oh, uh, way back in the day, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. One of the first shows I played with them, I think I was like 17 or something, but Ben was telling me how they just financed a van. They didn't get gap insurance and their old bass player totaled it. Uh, So they had a whole fucking van payment and van that they had to pay off that they just got and it was totaled. They couldn't use it. Anytime you get a car. Gap insurance, baby. Gap insurance. You have to have gap insurance. Yeah. But like shit like that. They've got like just Ben is just we... Uh, like he's just cursed with bad luck man just mm-hmm. terrible things happen to him and I feel for the kid and uh, but no like if, if any of them hear this or anything I would love to get either Kip or Ben on or maybe both of them and just do kind of like a tribute episode to extortionists and just celebrate them and yes please remnants that'd be really cool so if you guys see that uh, see that or hear this um, tag them 
<laughs> yeah, go. But uh, I'll probably hit up Ben. I know he's taking some time with it. I'm sure it's probably not easy. He's probably getting hit up by a million fucking people. But mm-hmm. um, I'll probably reach out to him soon and see if he wants to do that because that would be cool. I would love to do that and just kind of celebrate extortionist. Yeah. Yeah. Any any thoughts on your mind, dude? Actually, yes. Yeah, what's good? Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Happy birthday. Birthday, Kennel Yawns. It is my birthday, yeah. How old are you now? 12? Uh, 25, and don't fucking remind me. I hate getting older, dude. I hate it. I hate celebrating getting old. Mm-hmm. I think it's fucked up. Did you Did you think that I didn't know it was your birthday? No, I figured you did. I just was hoping you'd keep it that way and just not say anything about it. Dude, it's, it's me. I yeah, get, I know. I just, you it's know. It's a special day. I, I, but I just, I hate birthdays. I don't like celebrating birthdays, doing all that shit. I, I hate being reminded that I'm getting older and that time isn't slowing down. It's just getting faster. You know? Yeah. No, yeah. I don't like that feeling. I get that. I'm going to be 28 in two months. I'll be there in like, what's well, going to feel like two months. Mm. But happy birthday, Kendall Jones. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for choosing to spend your time on your special day with me. Yeah, dude. Doing the podcast. Fuck yeah. Doing the thing. As always, well, I think that's it for the opening thoughts. I think it's time to dive into this bitch, huh? Dive into what? The show. Oh, we haven't dived into the show yet? No, this is just the opening part, dude. This is the the tip of the iceberg? Yeah, because then when we go into the show, we got to say roll the fucking music, and then the music plays. Well... Kendall Johns. Yeah. Roll the fucking music. Let's go, baby. We decided that it was time to bring you the hard and the heavy. Kendall Johns from Dead Crown. You know, to be honest, we're on a podcast, you know, like we're shooting real shit. Yeah, go follow that motherfucker. Go follow that motherfucker. Now, you've been on my radar for a while. Yeah. There we there go. go. I love yeah. you. There's a, there's a quote. I don't want to talk shit, but <laughs> step it up a little bit. All right, it's that time of the episode where it's time to take some shouts. Hit me with it, Blake. Hit you with it. Hit him with it. Ooh. All right. Ooh, ooh. Mm. So this is... Mm. This is from July 14th, so it's about a week or so. Okay. No worries. But... Yeah. Betraying the Martyrs. Okay. They had to drop off of their tour. Ooh, I think I saw this, yeah. Because their fucking van caught on fire. Okay, okay. And they lost... All their shit got fucking burnt. Yeah, that's fucking terrible. That is terrifying, but I saw pictures, and here's the thing. What it looks like happened was there was an electrical fire because their chains were dragging. It Because from the pictures from what I saw, the front end of their trailer and the back end of their bus caught on fire. Yeah. So that sparks will come up because the chains drag, mm-hmm. and then it will hit the wires that go in there, and that can cause a fire. So that's why it's like common kind of knowledge like you don't let your chains change drag on the trailer because right. it's if it's dragging on cement it's just going to spark and it's going to spark straight up into the trailer so well, i wonder if that's how the fire started see, that's i've been like looking and trying to figure out how the how fire the, started yeah yeah because there is that picture of their van on fire the whole van but, i thought it was a trailer well it, it's like the back of the van and the and front the tra- end of the trailer yeah that sounds like an electrical fire from the chains but the thing is the picture that they have they that picture yeah it looks like they're parked in a parking lot 
Well, yeah, because they probably pulled the fuck over when they figured out shit was on fire. Or and oh, those things, or, and those things can happen. Like it can, something could catch on fire, and then it could start as a slow burn, and then it just takes it mm. to spread a little bit. I'm not a fucking firefighter. I don't know. But regardless of what caused it or not, if they were dragging their chains, I just want to say, come on, and bands, you don't fucking do that. Don't let your chains drag on your fucking trailer. That's how shit like that happens. But besides that, that's still really fucking shitty. And uh, I hope that they have received um, money to recoup that, because that sucks. That's every band's nightmare. Yeah, they started a, a GoFundMe thing. Yeah. And I actually haven't looked today at where it's at, but... Last I saw, it was at sixteen grand. Okay. the The total goal that they want to get is twenty seven. Okay. Which is basically the cost of all their merch and yeah, yeah, you know, because they lost instruments, all their shit. Yeah, and they lost all their clothes, all their prob. I think uh, I think I saw. Yeah, they lost like a, a Kemper and an Axe Effects or some shit. Yep. Just ba- a drum set. Oh, <laughs> a I got whole it. fucking drum set. Like goddamn, oh, yeah. that sucks, dude. I got it right here. Among okay. among the items lost were the following a splitter in-ear monitors times four fuck those are fucking expensive yeah uh most of our merchandise fuck one Furman power conditioner which i don't know what that is but it power if it's a nicer one they can run up there it's it's a couple hundred four keyboards (laughs) oh fuck ow shock mount rack units yeah those yep that's that's up there one axe effects that's very up there. Six guitar cases. Uh, with the guitars? Don't know. Oh. I mean, I'm assuming so. I have Six guitar cases and guitars. Yeah, that's rough, man. And all of their personal shit. Yeah, like all their clothes and all their... Yeah. Man. Like each person's own yeah. shit. And there's like five million members in that band. Yeah. Isn't there like seven of them or eight of them? I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of motherfuckers in that band. I don't know. I didn't... Mm. Yeah, that shit's crazy. That shit sucks. Yeah. Like, fuck that, dude. But yeah, condolences to them. That really sucks. Um, yeah, bands, just be fucking careful out there on the road. Shit like that will happen. I, I remember me me and my older brother, we had a band when I was like 13, and he spent his graduation money on getting a van, and it actually caught on fire, the whole fucking van did, while we were on our way to a show. We had to pull what? over... Um, unload all the gear. My brother sprained his ankle while he was unloading stuff, so he was on the ground, and I had to run into a flaming van with me and the bass player, and we had to pull all of our shit out on the side of the road, and it was the scariest fucking thing in the world. But he had just gotten the van and spent all of his graduation money on it and shit, and uh, it was terrifying, dude. Fires are no joke. That shit fucking sucks, man. So condolences to them. Like That shit fucking sucks, and I hope they make a recovery. Yeah. So, but I also know that oh. band's just, they're, they're tainted with bad luck too, because, uh, speaking of extortionists, uh, when they were, they just, they did, they were on the tour with the Browning and extortionists, uh, a couple months ago. And, uh, when I was hanging out with extortionists in Portland, they were telling me that, uh, well, I actually got a call from one of their members and they're like, yeah, Mike Milford gave me a number. And, uh, <laughs> what accent is that? What you, I think what they're British that? or something like that. I don't know. But what was that that you just did? I what? don't know. They, I just got a phone call from some weird fucking number, and it was some foreign guy like, Mike Milford gave me a number. Oh and oh and uh, I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, we're stuck up. In, like our van broke down like an hour north of Portland, and we were told you have a van, and you could come get our trailer. 
and stuff oh. and we paid you and I was like oh man we had just gotten back from tour so our van was kind of fucked yeah and there was some stuff wrong and I sadly I wasn't able to help them out but um like yeah apparently on that tour their van had so many fucking issues and it was just Ugh. bad luck after bad luck and they were renting it too and it was just like oh. ugly situations dude ugly situations and then this happens on their next US tour like fuck man that shit is that's just that's tough man that's tough yeah Speaking of vans, yeah, I think a good story to tell would would be your van that you have, yeah, because that thing has lasted a while, yeah, and I think a lot of people don't know this, but you've actually rented it out to other bands and touring acts. Yeah, I have. I've only done that twice, and I don't do it anymore because it's it's getting the mileage up there and. I'm not a rental company, so, like, when I did do that and rent it out, it was because, like, all right, I know the van's good. It's got low miles. Mm-hmm. It can truck across the United States and back a couple more times. Like, we'll be fine. And so I did it, and people were like, we'll give you this much money. And I was like, fuck yeah, give me a couple grand, take my shit, but... Um, it helps to pay it off. Uh, yeah. You've paid it off now, right? Uh, I think I got, like, three grand left on it. Holy shit. All right. Well, but, I mean, I bought it for 16 so oh, okay yeah it's almost there you know in like a year it'll probably be paid off oh, fair enough alright yeah but what's next on that list for me boy what's next what's next dude I'm taking shots I'm taking ask, shots yeah. let me ask you something yeah two questions actually okay hit me do you like jigsaw puzzles uh, I hate all kinds of puzzles my, my brain is not good with puzzles do you like Metallica uh y- yeah Depending on the era. Well, four Metallica jigsaw puzzles are coming soon. What the fuck is a jigsaw puzzle compared to... I don't know what that is exactly. It's a 500-piece puzzle. Oh, so it's just a big fucking puzzle. Yeah. Oh. It's... I thought there was something special because it was a jigsaw. I was like, what is it? It's a jigsaw puzzle. Dude, I'm puzzle illiterate. I'm telling you. It's a big... You know... Open okay. up the box and then you try and get the corners and you know. So they they have their own puzzles. Yes, and what it is? Yeah, there's four of them, and it's uh, four of their album covers. That's pretty sick. It's uh, Kill 'Em All, Ride the Hell Lightning, yeah. Master the Puppets, and and Justice for All. That's sick. I'm glad they didn't do Load and Reload with the the piss, blood, and semen album artworks. Mm. You know what I want them to do though? What? The black album as a jigsaw puzzle dude that would be the hardest puzzle because it's all just black <laughs> <laughs> except for the one corner yeah the one <laughs> snake corner you'd get that far and you'd be like fuck man where do i go from here yeah. oh my god but no kara loves puzzles so she would be all over that yeah so it's uh you can pre-order it now but it'll uh how much will it cost you like five million dollars i mean it's metallica so probably yeah but it'll get released in uh september 20th well that's pretty dope that's pretty cool. I mean, they are at that like, that like icon level where it's like, yeah, I they they've had action figures before, I believe. I've seen James Hetfield action figures. Oh my god! It's like, yeah. So why I mean, haven't they had a puzzle? It's Metallica. Yeah. So like, is there nothing that at this point that they just can't do? No, that's what I mean. Like you guys, they're basically like they're basically like pro wrestlers. You can brand them on anything. Like you can give them action figures. Like mm. fuck, you could have Metallica fucking baby bibs and they would probably do great 
They might actually. They probably, dude, they probably do have baby bits. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure they might have. They probably do, for real. (sighs) But yeah, no, no doubt. All right. They deserve it. Who's your favorite member of Metallica? Oh, dude. uh, Either Kirk or James. Kirk or James. Yeah. Why? Uh, Because they play guitar? Well, yeah, and I grew up, like, being a guitar player, so I would would probably have to say Kirk, because uh, it's Kirk, right? Not Kurt. Kirk. 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 Okay, yeah, sorry. K-I-R-K. Yeah, the shots are are kicking in now, so I'm like, it's Kirk, yeah. Uh, But no, I grew up playing guitar, so, like, I, I thought Kirk Hammett was the shit, and Black Album was fucking dope. The guitar work on that album is obviously dope, and, um... Yeah, so probably Kirk, but then also some kind of monster, that documentary, Kirk's always the guy, like, I love it when James and Lars are just fucking fighting with each other (laughs) and screaming at each other, and then I think Kirk's like, come on, guys, let's just get in that room and let's just jam this out, (laughs) and he's just trying to be peaceful, and they're like, not Let's not fight about it. Let's jam about it. No, seriously, he's he's like such a hippie like that, and then he's like, yeah, in my free time, I just like to ride horses on my ranch and I'm like <laughs> I was like this guy's fucking badass this guy's sick yeah. yeah love Metallica yeah Metallica's sick my favorite's Robert Trujillo because bass and that's what I play and he's got the nastiest pose oh my god <laughs> his power stance it's the most powerful it's oh fuck it makes Matt Tuck from Bullet for My Valentine look like a pussy yeah it, like so not only does he do like the almost split yeah but the face that he makes and his bass is so goddamn low yeah it's fucking amazing he plays it really low and it's it's basically like almost at a 90 degree angle compared to what you would normally play yeah it's like straight up yeah, like it's, it's basically crazy. like playing a cello or some bullshit yeah like that, that dude's but. that dude's weird apparently just, his, his son rips too i think it, his son his son filled in for some band yeah it, uh, uh oh oh god i want to say it's van halen Van Halen, oh. or was that Eddie, uh, his son? I know, I know, uh, Metallica's bass player. No, son. it was Corn. Corn, yeah, he it filled was, in for Corn yeah. on a tour. Yeah, that's so fucking. He fucking random. played bass. This little kid, little fucking kid, playing played bass, bass for Corn. Yeah, just imagine being like, how old was he? Probably like twelve, thirteen. Yeah, when when he did that tour, yeah, yeah. dude, just you're twelve, thirteen, dude. That's like Drake and Josh. You know the ep- oh. I think at the pilot episode where he uh, the the dude he meets his favorite band and they're like our guitar player broke his wrist mate we need someone to come shred <laughs> yeah. with us and then Drake's like well hey I could fucking shred and then he gets to like shred with his heroes and then like you know like he gets the guitar and everything that's like that kid in real life he's yep. just like no big deal I'll just get to fucking shred with Corn for a tour yep god damn it because we all wanted to relive that that episode of Drake and Josh I just, we all wanted to be Drake I just want Drake and Josh to come back. That would be fucking sick, but an adult version, a yeah. VH1 version, where there's they, they moved and out of their parents' house and they're mm-hmm. they're still living together though. Yeah, and but. Drake's just fucking bitches left and right, and Josh is just like, hey, me and my wife are trying to fucking sleep. <laughs> but if they do, if they do it, if they remake it, they have to have their own house, but still sleep in the same bed. <laughs> but Drake, or not, not the same bed, but have the same room. Drake. They had like a weird bunk bed thing or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny as fuck. Adult Drake and Josh, that'd be, that'd be sick. <laughs> I never thought that it'd be so simple, boo. I found a way. I found a way. <laughs> All right, what's next, dude? Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Are you a fan of Tool? Uh, not really a fan, but I respect them. 
I I know that they're fucking historic. So yeah, I I you know I put respect on the name, and I I know what they are and what they do, and I respect the fuck out of them for sure. Fair enough. I'm kind of in that same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard them. I haven't, but you know, it's Tool. Like I like them, but I haven't really. You know. Yeah. No, I feel you. Same boat. Same boat. But so basically, what's yeah. ha- what's happening is they are getting ready to put out a new album. I've heard about that. Guess because how- Brighton's a huge Tool fan. Yeah. Yeah. Guess how long it's been. Oh, years. Since their last album. Years. I know it's been a fucking hell of a long time. Give me a number. 12 years. I'm gonna, that's oh. my spitball. You're close. You're one off. 13. Fuck. God damn. So, it's been 13 years since Tool released uh, 10,000 Days, May 2nd, 2006. So, basically, what I have here for you yeah. is a list of amazing things... That took less time than Tools <laughs> <laughs> than Tools' new album. That's beautiful. I, I've I've like looked through this a couple times. I think you might be surprised. Okay. So, first one. Yeah, yeah. Everything the Beatles ever wrote. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Ouch. Eight well, eight years. Yeah. For. The Beatles' entire discography or whatever. Eight years? That's it? Eight years. Damn. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, what, what do we got here? Oh, Michelangelo paints the Sistine Chapel. It only took four years. It only took four years to paint a fucking chapel. Holy shit. That's, that's a long-ass time. Right, but you know yeah. what? T- you know what's taking longer? This tool record better be tool- fucking good. Fuck, <laughs> goddamn! It better be the best fucking album we've ever heard. Now, this this is the one that really surprised me. I was like, oh my god! Airing all two hundred and one episodes of The Office. No shit. Eight years. But then filming, so it was probably more like same. Is well, it airing or filming? It's just airing. Just. All the, like, from oh, because filming happens at the same time that it... Yeah. yeah wow, for, fuck, man. Yeah. Jeez. Tool has taken longer than The Office. But in their defense, haven't they been caught up in like lawsuits and shit like that? Like a bunch of legal mm, shit? I don't know. That's what I've heard something like I could be really fucking wrong, but I heard that they've had like a ton of legal shit Ooh. that they've had to work through, America. and they're just now finally... Yeah. We're going to have to look into that one. I got one more for you. All right. Buckethead. <laughs> he released... 229 studio albums in, in the last 13 years. 229 full-length albums. It, does, it doesn't say full-length, okay, but, but it just says albums. studio albums. That's a fuck ton. Yeah. Tool and, should just hire Buckethead. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I remember when Buckethead was fucking uh, in Guns N' Roses. What? Yeah, when uh, Axel, uh, Chinese Democracy Days, when Axel was like, this is still my fucking band, Guns N' Roses were going strong, and then he took like fucking a million years to get Chinese Democracy out, and like he did a tour, and yeah, Buckethead was playing guitar. Oh my Because everyone fucking hated Axel, and they didn't want to be in the band. <laughs> God damn it. But somehow Axel got fucking Buckethead to, to play guitar in Guns N' Roses. So you see Axel with a, a ginger with fucking dreads, Who's like gotten like kind of big since the 80s and like really baggy clothes and then next to him playing Sweet Child O' Mine. 
<laughs> and next to him, you got fucking a guy with a KFC bucket on his fucking head playing the fucking licks to Paradise City. And it's like, oh, that's the dream team. Take me down to the, the KFC bear. City. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where the chicken is greasy and the limbs are it's crispy. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Honestly, that was uh, that was pretty good. Okay, yeah, that was good. I'm not good on on the fly stuff. I th- I think you killed it. Well, thanks, dog. Well, is that it for taking shots? That's it for taking shots. Well, hey, that's been a good well, one. But but I wanted now we're now we're four episodes in. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about some stuff. Okay, yeah, what's good? We're four episodes in now. Yeah. Have you gotten any feedback or, like, how do you think these shows are going so far? I think they're going pretty good. Um, I haven't got like, I've gotten feedback in the sense of, like, some things of, like, some what people want to hear and people being, like, yeah, like, like I love this. I love that you're doing it again. And, like, you know, people are showing their support, which is fucking awesome. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to this. Yes. Um, Thank you, everyone. Yeah. Especially to all my friends, my, my side of uh, everything. Yeah. Had a lot of people hit me up and tell me that they've been listening. That's badass. Yeah. That's sick. And also, since you brought that up, uh, quick reminder: wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe. And uh, if you can leave us a, a rating or a review, that would help us out a lot too. Ooh. Whenever there's new episodes out, please share them, retweet them, do all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter at at botb show, and I think on yes. Facebook we are at botb podcast. So, yeah, uh, link up with us there. And once we start, like, kind of building those numbers, then that's when we can actually get you guys involved and, yes. you know, so, say we're having this person on the show and then be like, what questions do you have for them? And we can get you guys involved. But in order to do that, we need to, you know, kind of have you guys all in one place. So, yeah, yeah so please follow I, us and subscribe. I actually had an idea for something. Yeah. But it's going to require other people okay. who are listening. Yeah. What's well, a, a new segment? We've got taken shots. Yeah. But we need something else. Yeah, yeah, we do. I think we call it questions, comments, concerns. Okay. Where we just answer people's questions, comments, and concerns? Yes. I'm about it. So we need you all out there Yeah. to message us, comment, talk about it, tag us. Okay, yeah. So we need your feedback. So if you're listening to this episode, questions, comments, and concerns, if we can get enough... We'll do it on the next episode. But so you can tweet at us, like I said, at BOTB show. Hit us up on Facebook uh, at BOTB podcast. If you want to just email us directly, you can email us at bottom of the bottle PDX at gmail.com. Yep. But you could also just slide into my DMs on Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we're we're pretty accessible people. So, yeah, anything you guys want and want to answer on the show, uh, just hit us up with it. If you have a question for Kendall that you don't want him to know about and you want me to just ask him on the fly, <laughs> just hit me with it. Slide into my DMs and I'll make it happen. All right, well, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, that we would love that. So if you guys want to do that, uh, hit us with some questions, comments, and concerns. But with that being it, uh, I think it's oh. time to get Benny on the line. Is it our boy Benny? Our boy Benny fucking troll, dude. Oh, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Episode four. We got Benny Shoal from Avoid. Let's get him on the line. Yeet!
Yo, Benny, what's good, dog? Yo, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? Oh, I'm good, baby. I'm good. Benny. <laughs> Fucking happy to be here. Happy birthday. Yeah, dude. Thank you so much. You, oh, man. What Was it my, yeah, it was my 21st birthday I spent with you, huh? 21st birthday, we fucking <laughs> lived it up in Sacramento. Oh, shit. On a whim, too. I know. I got fucked up. I almost got kicked you out. Got, <laughs> you got fucking buck wild that day. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I just remember, like, everyone, I, I made friends with people, because this was at All-Star Fest, right? All-Stars? Yeah, it was All-Stars at Ace of Spades. That was so legendary. Okay, I remember I went to the bar. And I started making friends with all these people, and I was like, it's my 21st birthday. So naturally, <laughs> they just started buying me drinks. And then I yeah. got so fucked up. It was just like out of a movie, and Oceana was just about to play. Yeah. And I Someone gave me a shot of Fireball. I took oh it, God. slammed it down, and turned around. And as soon as I turned around, they hit with their fucking intro, and it was the most <laughs> devastating thing, because that's when I was just like, boom, I'm fucked up. And it was just like Oceano just doing the heaviest shit in the world. And I was like, oh my God, I need to like get out of here. And then I started walking around and then the security guard was like, hey, if you don't fucking sober up, we have to kick you out. And I was like, oh shit. And so I was like, can I go take a nap? And he was like, yeah. And so I went out to the van and I took a nap. And then what happened after that? You took a nap on the ground. And then didn't I try to like, buy weed from someone or something no, no someone so, gave me weed so dude it was like the funniest fucking thing because that whole day was so different from both of our perspectives because i was like 16 or 17 or some shit yeah you were a baby and I, was like, I was a baby and i had like you were drunk and you drove us all the way down there so after you got no drunk, i wasn't i wasn't drunk when i was driving no 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 but you, <laughs> so you had driven us all the way down there yeah so and we had not toured before we had this is our first like out of state show ever and so it was like and we had to park your van like eight blocks away yeah and then you were like down there yeah yeah, and then you were like, dude, I'm drunk. You got to go drive the van. And I had never driven a van trailer <laughs> at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, I was so, and it was your old, it was that, and it was when you van, you had that weird fucking shift thing. And it was just, odd, and it was downtown Sacramento in that fucking shitty area. Dude, it was terrible. It was hilarious, dude, but it was terrible. Yeah, but then I, so I don't remember this, but apparently during my nap, I woke up and there was some guy with a dog and something with yeah. weed. I don't remember that. So, so there was some dude, and he was like on a bike or something, and he was on his dog, and he was like, "You guys a band?" It was just one of those conversations. <laughs> yeah, and he was, and because they kind of started talking for a second, he's like, "Oh, well, safe travels, boys," and he just fucking picks out this like decently sizable bag of weed, just hands it to us, and just goes on his way, doesn't fucking ask for anything. He just like a weed like guru just stopped in, gave us a treat, and left. And then wasn't uh. Will Garcia really stoked about that? Oh my God, Will, Will Garcia and Luke at the time. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, we got some weed." And this is before like Luke and, or Nick and me were heavy smokers, and our old drummer David didn't smoke weed at all. Yeah, so you guys it was didn't like, do shit. we didn't do shit. We were fucking, we were babies back in the day. Yeah. So that leads me to the uh, the first question I want to ask you: uh, What's the weirdest thing you've smoked weed out of? Because I know you and your boys make the weirdest fucking contraptions. 
Man, uh, so when we were recording our album, I had a, I had like a kicker of just making the we like trying to find the weirdest things that I could smoke out of, and it started off with like an onion, which an onion is just like an <laughs> apple pie. <laughs> dude, how did that taste? Oh, god, terrible! It was for the dude. It was for the video, bro. It oh was my for the purpose. Okay, so <laughs> from so, an, where do you take it from an onion? So from an onion. Then it went to a JoJo, like a fry, like one of those big potato fries. No way. Yeah. You smoked weed out of a potato? I have videos of all of this shit, too, for proof. Oh, my God damn. Wait, so a JoJo, how did that fucking work? Because those things are just mush on the inside. Yeah, so you just basically, you had to get, a, my, my move was a straw. So you had a straw on one end and another end, and you just took out enough of the mush that you could, like, have, you had to have a really fresh JoJo, too, so it couldn't have been, like, so sitting nice there. and crispy. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, yeah. actually, no, never mind. Back other way around. It had to be sitting there for a minute, so it was firmed oh, up. So it hardened up. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. mushy. It was cold and just stale yeah. a little bit. Yeah. That was how we did it. And so so we could use the, the straw to take out the potato shit from the middle, and it stayed pretty compact, and we were able to smoke a bowl out of it. Damn. But yeah, there's so what, straw what, from one end to the other. What other ones? Because I know you've done a couple. Uh, I think my most impressive one would either be a stick of butter. <laughs> <laughs> Or an ice cube. An ice cube. An what? ice cube. Dude, that's some groundbreaking science, man. That's what I'm saying, brother. Like, I need to like get out of the fucking music game and just get into like weird pipe building. Wait a minute. I so an wait, ice cube. I need to know that, how this fucking works. How did works. this work? How the fuck did you smoke weed out of an ice cube, Benny? There's a video, so there's proof. So oh, I know. I, I believe you. Liar. I believe you. So it took a little bit of work, though. So I, I had to get a nice. A good sizable square ice cube, and it was like a it was a good like about a good size of a pine cone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. And then uh, I, and I just started going at it, and you start. I just basically, I think I took like a knife or like a really pointy edged thing, and just really, and I got it really hot, and I very carefully like went into the for like the first half of it, and so I didn't break it. So I only did halfway, then I put it back in the freezer for a little bit. And then after I let it freeze and get really hard, and then I went for the other way so I could get a nice uh, hole all the way through without uh, getting it too hot and cracking it. Damn. What the fuck? Yeah. But yeah, it was really, I just got, took a blowtorch, some metal, and I just fucking worked my way through it. It took, I mean, it took a couple ice cubes. I had to learn the art of not breaking it and the whole heat Damn. and the water. Well, you know you what I mean? What? You want to do it? You're, you're a fucking scholar and a scientist in my book. That's pretty impressive. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I'm happy to please the stoner community for weird pipes. I know, and I don't smoke weed, so that's like, I'm just like, God damn, that's impressive. So. I know, and it's so funny, too, because when I met you, your brother was the biggest stoner in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, my brother would smoke hella. Oh, it was the funniest thing, man. Dude, and I remember yeah. we had, like, the longest talk about him wanting to do fucking cricket flower for a career oh yeah he wanted to farm crickets and, uh, <laughs> and sell them as flour because it was like the next big thing and yeah he was he was straight up about to do a cricket farm but okay so let's dive into some shit here so you guys started as a product of the seattle school of rock right no it wasn't the school of rock what so was it, though? it was something like it though right it was something kind of similar. So basically, like, I I was in drum lessons for like all through middle school up until early high school. Yeah, and so uh, those people put on like a 
rock band camp every summer, but it wasn't like a school of rock formulated like thing like that. It was literally so just and, like. So you met Nick at band camp. Yeah, basically, I met Nick at rock band camp. <laughs> yeah, when That's we were so like, tight. I think I was fourteen or something like that. Dude, yeah, you guys were infants. Yeah, we so we met, and it's funny like that story is hilarious in itself because when Nick and he when we met each other, he hated me. He thought I was like the most annoying little shit ever. Well, and in, he, in his respect, back then oh. I knew you back then too. You were you've come a long way. You, you were definitely crazy. like fourteen and just obnoxious. <laughs> oh, dude, I didn't. I what was just figuring out the world, brother. <laughs> oh yeah, you for sure were. But you I always was just figuring it out. But you always, you were never that way in a bad way. You always had like a good heart and a good spirit. So like, you know. But I yeah, appreciate that. Just well, but yeah. yeah. But but, but young Benny, no, young totally Benny was young Benny was just a lot to handle at first. You had to get to know Benny, and then you're like, okay, I get it now. But yeah, it was just like, who the fuck is this kid? He's going at a mile, like a million miles an hour, constantly. What the people fuck? hadn't experienced ADHD before, and then they met me. They yeah. were in for a world of fucking hurt. Well, well, that's how it, that's how it was for me meeting you for the first time because I only, oh, I only knew you a couple years. But when I first met you, I was just like, man, this kid is at eleven. But yeah, but <laughs> so yeah, and and I, I love you, and we're probably gonna rip each other's balls and bust each other's balls on here. So if anyone, oh, so course. everyone knows, yeah, we I've we've known each other for years. We we rip on each other all the time. It's all in good fun. We love each other. But so you and Nick meet at at a uh, rock camp, band camp, yeah. and uh, what happens from there? So we we kind of just get into our we they we so. The way that camp went is we had to kind of test in our certain skill levels, and I tested in as a drummer and a singer because I was still doing both at the time. And Nick was in as a guitar player, and so there was only a select few of us in like the same age group slash skill level. And Nick specifically on his sheet put, "I do not want to be in a band with Benny." Whoa. Oh my god! <laughs> so then, how did that happen? So he got put fuck? into a band because I mean, rock band camp. I mean, you can imagine the kids that go to rock band camp. Oh, yeah, it's probably the best. <laughs> oh, it's the, the, I mean, that's some good-ass people watching right there. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But, uh, but for, uh, he got put in a band with a kid that he hated even more than me. Damn. And so he was like, fuck it, I'll give this Benny kid a shot. So you guys started jamming. And we started jamming, and then I, I was like, oh, shit, he's really good. Please don't ever not play music with me. <laughs> and then outside of band camp, you guys actually started a band, and that yeah, so the we, void, right? Yeah, so we got really excited about that rock band camp because basically the way it went is you spent a week rehearsing, you learned some cover songs, maybe you write one song of your own, and then you get to play a gig at the end of the week for your parents. And it's lame, but when it's your first thing, it's the coolest thing ever. You know yeah, what I you mean? You guys are kids. You guys are fucking kids. That's wait, great. That's great. I have a question. Exactly. So I have, wait, Benny, it. I have a question. This rock band camp, everybody that went, is it all people that were, like, local to your area? Yeah, it's all people within a 30-mile radius of the greater Seattle area. Oh, all right. So then from there, from there, you guys started a (laughs) So from there, yeah, basically, we we got really excited after playing that show and getting that bug, and we were like, well, fuck, if you guys actually want to do this... Let's do it. And then from that point on, even though we had no idea what we were going to do, there was never a doubt in our mind that we were going to try and push this as hard as we absolutely could to, like, make it. 
It wasn't like, hey, let's have a fun band and do a high school thing. It was like, you guys want to fucking make it or not? And that was like our mindset literally from day one at 14. Well, yeah, because I remember when you guys were kids, like your recording sucked balls, but you guys brought it live. You guys were like, damn, you know, everyone that saw you guys back then, I that's I think that's why we started being friends because you guys opened for Tides back in the day and I saw you. Oh, guys yeah, forever for, ago. Yeah, you guys were like fucking 14 or some shit. And I was like, you know, these kids, like, they they got their heads on like they like give them a little bit and they're gonna be fucking killers because you guys were awesome live and you guys still are you're, you're still praised for putting on like one of the best live shows out there for a band at your size so um well i fucking love you i <laughs> love you too <laughs> but uh yeah so then like and then like you got you got the band together started doing avoid all that shit well avoid the void and then yeah, well, take me from there. What What's the journey, dog? Oh, I mean, the journey, I mean, it's a fun one, man, because it started with uh, Nick and then our other buddy, Nick, from high school, who we, his nickname was Shaq, because if you rearrange, his nickname is Nick Mijas, and if you rearrange that, it spelled mini Shaq, so we just called him Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so we so we had Nick and Shaq, and we, we, uh, we just kind of, we were all going to high school together, we were all kind of just figuring it out. I played drums and sung and played guitar. So basically Nick and me took turns being the drummer of the band and, and singing on songs. We were kind of just figuring it out and like, okay, who's going to play what? And then we got into high school and then we met our first drummer, David. And that was kind of when everything started flowing. And I was like, okay, well I'll take a shot at being a singer. I've never done it before, but let's see where it goes. And then we had a drummer and we had a bass player and we had a guitar player. And so, we were we were a band, and so yeah. then we kind of just started practicing and seeing where it went. And we wrote our first couple songs, and and then you kind of just start gigging. You know, you play your first couple shows, and we sucked. Ooh, this is a good story. So our first show as Avoid the Void. So we had already gotten booked on a national act like later in the next year. Like this was like in December. And this was like our our tryout show, but we had already gotten booked on the show, and we sucked so bad that the owner of the venue threatened to pull us off the national show because of how bad we were. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, so this is our first time doing it. We've never done it before, and we're like, okay, so we suck. <laughs> yeah, but that was probably the best feedback you guys ever got. Oh, dude, it was, man. I am still. We've had. We've been very fortunate. People in our lives have been pretty brutally honest with us when it comes to that stuff i feel like well yeah and i was i got in the music game when i was really young too like i, I didn't yeah. know you guys but i was in bands when i was like 13 and 14 and i had really big harsh reality checks at that young age and that kind of shaped me to like create a standard for myself and create a standard for the people around me so in a weird way yeah like, yeah i was slammed just like you guys got slammed when i was younger and but that's kind of what shaped me and made me be like okay you gotta be good Dude, exactly. I feel like if you don't get a major slam like that, especially when you're starting out, then you get your, you can really let your head get away early. Like, you know what I mean? You come out of the gates and you fucking kill it, and everyone likes you, and everyone starts giving you attention. Like, I feel like, especially if you've never done it before, I don't know. It can, I mean, not to knock that, because if you're good off the gate, you're good off the gate, and yeah, that's yeah, fucking yeah. sick. But, but in order to get good, you got to be shitty. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the people that are shitty that can't take the feedback, it's like, well, okay, we don't need you in the business anyways, so... It exactly kind of, it, it weeds out the week and yeah yeah so from there we hated ourselves and didn't want to ever play music again and then we had a sit down and we decided that we were gonna fucking do it and then 
we just started practicing three days a week, every single week, basically for the next four years is kind of how it went. Yeah. And then from that point, I think that's when I started noticing you guys. You guys started playing like every fucking national show in Seattle. Yeah. We tried to find our way onto every single show we possibly could. We just knew we didn't know what to do. All we knew is that we practiced a lot. So now we knew how to play our instruments. So we just wanted to play. And so all we wanted to do was play as much as we possibly could to whatever crowd we could, whatever fan base we could. And so we just did. Yeah, but then you guys also, um, around this time, started getting a little bit of praise because you guys were fucking starting to become the fucking little hustlers in Seattle. You guys sold all the tickets. You guys filled the fucking rooms. And you guys still do, and I want I want to talk to you about that soon. But uh, yeah, yeah, just you guys were on every national show because you guys were polling and you guys promoted super hard. And I mean, to kind of, we definitely played the game, and I wouldn't even necessarily recommend this to most bands, but all of us had our little high school jobs at the time and shit like that too, because we didn't have a ton of friends in high school. Like we, everyone talks about how like, oh, the high school band is easy for them to sell tickets because they have a huge friend group. Like we were all kind of like. We love to, like, not be noticed and kind of not, like, I mean, I have my attention thing, but you know what I mean? Like, we didn't really, like, fuck with people and have a huge friend group. And so we kind of, like, bought our way on. Like, we kind of just bought all the tickets to a couple of them. And, but it started working because that, that helped us develop a fan base and started, we started meeting people and we, we made these little, we took magazines and ripped the pages out and folded them into CD cases and held, and handed out demos at every single show and made sure every single person that we possibly could see left with something that said avoid the void on it. And we just tried to, we tried to make people not be able to escape us so they had yeah. to like us eventually. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a fucking, that's a hustle and a grind. That's like a lost art form. And that's why I wanted you on the show because you guys are kings of that. And you guys, well, thank you. Yeah, you guys fucking are one of the last bands that I've seen like really hustle and grind to the spot that they're at. And I respect the shit out of that. You know, you know. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. For real. Yeah. So then, um,. Yeah, you guys, you guys did an EP with Ryan for a lot, right? We did, yeah. That was our first EP. It was Avoid the Void. We went down and did that for a week, and that was our first ever experience in a studio or anything like that. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and then you guys put that out, and then you guys signed with Revival? Yeah, so... Or when was that? That wasn't after. There was a pretty weird... So with that, we put out... The EP, we were still in high school and kind of figuring it out. And then we went on our first tour under that name with For the Likes of You, who mutual friend of ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love those boys. Yeah. And so we did our first tour and we did a couple tours under Avoid the Void, no label or anything like that. And kind of that's how we got it. And we toured with, that was when we toured with you guys too under Avoid the Void, like the first Dead Crown tour. Oh yeah. That was the first one ever. Yeah. Back when we, yeah. had, we had like two songs out and we yeah. Just, yeah, our band just did like a little five day blaster, but somehow made money. Yeah. That little, oh, I know that. And like the shows were not bad. Yeah, no. And we were just like, okay, we're out here. We're living five shows. Came back home with like two G's. Yeah. Like, I was like, right. fuck yeah. That was when I was like, all right, we might be onto something cool yeah 
Yeah. That was super weird. But so we did that. And then I don't know after a while though, cause we did that. And then we did that not fest thing with you too. Cause that's how we really got to know each other. We did a couple, you did our, one of our first travel experiences with yeah, us. I was like your guys' band dad and like drove you places and shit. Dude, it was fucking, that was, those were so fun though. Dude, they were so fun. Yeah. And I remember not fest. That was the weirdest festival. I think any of us have ever been to. Oh, dude, that was like Luke almost fought like three dad, people. Yeah, uh, three dads because he was going in. I think it was during Beartooth, and, yeah, and all the kids, dude, all the younger kids, started hardcore dancing. And then like these dads were like, "Hey, none of that fucking karate shit." And then Luke was like, "What the fuck are you gonna do, old man?" Because you know how Luke is. Luke he's, is a little feisty, man. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna fucking talk shit and run his mouth to anyone that fucking gives him lip. And so he almost fought this fucking bald dad, dude. Dude, and the funniest thing now is they're friends. I know that. He, he was telling us that night. He was like, dude, yeah, I became friends with that guy. We're messaging each other right now. He's actually pretty fucking cool. No, and like to this day, he still keeps in touch with that dude no every so often. No fucking way. Does no, he come out to his shows? No, I have. I mean, I, not that I've known of, but I know that every so often, like, dude, you know that dude that I almost fought at Knotfest? Yeah, he just checked in with me. He wonders how we're doing. And like, <laughs> random shit like that. That's fucking hilarious. But yeah, I just yeah. remember that festival, like, the I thought it was going to be super sick, so it was like, oh, there's all these young bands, and then these old bands, and I just remember, like, the old people were not about the young people. And no, I remember dude. they had, like, 32-ounce, like, huge beers, and they would buy them, and it was uh, at, like, the headbang for the highway stage or whatever, whenever there was, like, a scene band playing or something like that, yeah. like a band, they would take them. They wouldn't be open. They would be full, and they would just chuck them into what they would call the karate pits, and they would yell, like, fuck that shit, and chuck these full 32-ounce, hard-as-fuck, not-cracked-open beers into the pit. Yeah. Like, they, like, the old people were not about it, and I remember, like, as a joke, I shaved my facial hair into <laughs> a goatee, and I wore a, a cut-off... Uh, the rock shirt and with a huge American flag on it with a huge American yeah it was was the rock and then cargo shorts and I was like I'm gonna be a fucking dad at this festival I'm gonna embrace the dad life and then I went there and I saw it and I was like no I'm not about these dads these guys fucking suck I thought they were gonna be way cooler fuck them but yeah yeah, it was was still fun that was the weirdest shit but I know it was weird I just did those couple things but then we really kind of kicked off a void uh after all that we just wanted to ditch everything we did like not to like ditch it but we just wanted to kind of we learned a lot under those like five years or whatever of being avoid the void and so then we kind of just wanted to switch it up and had uh like be a new entity in the industry kind of hit it hard not have the little kid history that we had not that it was bad you know what i mean but we just wanted to be fresh yeah 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 for sure and so yeah then we kicked it off and then we put out a single and that was death of an era right yeah end of an era yeah. you did the video for oh, it yeah end of an era sorry not death of an era yeah i did the music video for it yeah that song slaps i love that song still even to this day well, yeah so we did that and then i don't know then we signed and then we've just pretty much been trying to tour as much as we possibly can since yeah hell yeah so i guess going to that now um uh I got I got a question. Okay, what's up, Blake? When you guys uh, changed up your name, yeah, what was there like any? Was it like a f- easy transition, or w- did people kind of get confused on what um, was happening? Or I, don't know, I feel like at least to our faces, everyone was really cool about the transition. 
Because we were pretty open about our reasoning for wanting to switch it, and that's why we only switched it to a void and not an entirely different thing. We didn't want to like abandon what we had created under Avoid the Void and all that shit, because that's what we cut our teeth on and playing all those shows and shit like that, and we loved what we had with our little community that we had, but we just wanted to not be that anymore at the same time. And mm-hmm. we just tried to portray that in a really like honest way, and I feel like people... We're just like, cool, you guys do you. We also weren't a fucking anything yet. We still aren't, but like, we really weren't doing anything at that point, so it didn't yeah, really matter yeah, at the I same remember, time. Yeah, I remember when you guys did it, and I think we had talks about it, and I was like, if there was any time you guys were going to do this, like, it's now. Just do it. Yeah. Get out of the way. And and it, it was, that was a good call, because now you guys are here. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so uh, the next question I have is, when it comes to the hustle of your guys' hometown, because, uh, I mean, you guys... Uh, there's not a whole lot of bands, especially in the Pacific Northwest, Portland, Seattle. Our scenes are kind of fucked. Uh, they're not yeah. the strongest. There's not a lot of bands that you know can be like headline El Corazon, do 350 to 450 heads, but you guys do. And I know it. It took not really a. It took a while for you guys to be like heavily noticed as the kings of Seattle. But right now, I would say when it comes to like core music, avoid that you guys are the kings of the Seattle. So with that, when it comes to your guys' hometown and a lot of bands, like, you know, they need to realize how important their hometown market is. What's your guys' approach and your grind to getting those asses through the fucking door in your hometown? Well, I appreciate that. And I still definitely wouldn't call us the kings of Seattle because there's been a lot of fucking... Yeah, Jeez, there's, there's, there's a lot of history. Yeah, but you there's know, like, a lot of history. But like right but now, when it, when it comes to like the metalcore scene, it's like, oh, what bands draw here? What bands do good here? It's, oh, avoid. Easily, yeah. Avoid. If you if you want to get a good show in Seattle, you play with a void, and you're lucky to have that. Yeah, I don't know for us, and basically what I'd pretty much tell any band that would start touring, and I wish we would have done is don't even start touring until you can draw at least a hundred kids in your hometown. Exactly. Because I don't. That's like so you don't make any money when you're starting off touring, especially. And it's like if a hundred people won't come see you in your hometown, who the fuck is going to come see you anywhere else? Exactly. I don't know, yeah. and so that's that's kind of my approach with that, and like, I know it's kind of harsh, because I know a lot of bands that don't do that, and no disrespect, but it's like, I don't know, I feel like at the same time, you really have to build that home market, because they're what's going to, you know, guide you through the shittiness of everything else. They're what's going to finance your whole tour, you dumb fucks. <laughs> they are going to finance your, we have had, yeah. I mean, those flopping tours, the hometown Dude, show yeah. can save that. Yeah, there's like, if, if there's so many instances and things where it's like, oh, if we didn't have that hometown money and that hometown draw that we built, we would have been fucked right now. Yeah. We wouldn't have had shit. I got a question no. for both of you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I've been in a couple bands where we would have that initial pop in the hometown. Like every show we would play, people would come out. What do you, what do you do to keep people coming back four, five, six shows down, you know? Well, before Benny goes in, because Benny, you could talk about this more because with Dead Crown, we just, we hardly play Portland. So that's the thing that we do. We just, we got to a point where we were like, okay, we can headline, we can do this, and we can make money, but we just, we never, we don't push it. So it's like, we try to keep it exclusive and keep it like, you know, so that way we're not burnt out on our hometown market. But you guys, on the other hand, Benny, you guys have done shows pretty close to get together, and you guys never really have terribly flopped shows. So, like, what do you guys do? 
Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing, and it's going to sound so dumb, but we really just try and hang out with everyone and we make our shows more than just like a show. We just like, Hey, if you're going to, you know, if you're coming to an avoid show, it's a fucking hangout sesh. We're going to fucking hang out out front. We're going to hang out in the pit. We're going to hang out in the bar. Like we want it to be a very inclusive thing. Not like you have to be a certain way to come to these things. Like you try and make it a really inclusive thing and then what we really tried to do for a minute was bring back the bands that weren't around anymore that we grew up playing with and either have them do a reunion or a farewell show with that and so it was kind of like the new kids with us and what we've built with kind of that as well and then we were able to do some really cool events with that you know and that was with like monster scare you coming back and stuff like that exactly had monster scare you another band truth under attack we've had idols come back we've had a handful of like bands that have made it yeah in the seattle scene yeah which that's sick as fuck dude like that's rad. thank you that's rad um but yeah i guess besides that when it comes to actually just promoting and building your hometown market i guess like you know because i i've I've talked to you guys before I've, i've i think we've stolen the list idea from you guys where uh you guys have a list of all like a ton of people and then when you guys have a show coming up, someone messages everyone on that list. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, like, what are, what are, like, the techniques you guys use to, like, get actually getting people to buy tickets and get to Wait, the are show? You sa- are you saying, like, you directly message them? Directly message them, yeah. Oh. And invite them. Be like, yeah, we're playing a show. Come out, motherfucker. Oh, you know? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of how we built it is we just had this. Yeah, we, we tried to do it in every city is we had this Google Drive folder of – they knew it wouldn't for us to hit up and uh, um, uh, uh, you know just be like sorry we're just walking through Nick's house and diverting through the hallway oh it's all good dog god damn it Benny. Uh, but uh, I, we kind of just tried to get a list of everyone we knew it wouldn't be weird to hit up like it wouldn't feel like we would be imposing ourselves but like hey you had a good time with us right like come hang out with us and we eventually got a pretty solid list of that built in seattle and other places oh yeah yeah and so we just tried to build we tried to build a fan base and keep record of who we were making friends with so we'd also like try to remember people's names and faces and what they were up to and like make friendships with these people too you know yeah and that's always so important like you're, you're a band but also you're your people at the end of the day and I always say the the biggest thing that'll help your band at the end of the day is if you can find a way to be personable with people and you can build relationships with people instead of, you know, like, because it's 2019, it's, you know, the whole rock star fantasy thing, like, that ain't gonna fucking work for you. So you gotta go out, you gotta meet people, you gotta make friends, and that's why I hate saying, like, oh, we have fans. Like, fuck that shit, no, we got friends. You know, exactly. That's, I feel that's the how same it should, way. Yeah, and that's how it should be. And I, I actually learned that from no bragging rights when I was like fourteen. Yeah, Christian Lee, he guest listed me to a show. I love that guy, and I want to get him on the podcast too. That band was like a huge part of my upbringing. But um, he, that's kind of the way he put it too, because those guys were road dogs, and they're big. Like they, they don't yeah. seem like they're big, but no bragging rights is actually a pretty fucking big band. And he would always say, he was like, well, dude, we don't really have fans. We we have we have friends we come to all these cities and we build relationships with these people and that's why whenever no bragging rights would come to a show every motherfucker in that building had a no bragging rights shirt on and felt something so connected to those bands and and that's why people still like to this day talk about no bragging rights in that way like they're like they would fucking like die for that band 
because they they had that close of a relationship with their with their audience and that's like yeah that's fucking important now that i i actually one of the same bands that i i go to when i try to reference a band that did exactly that is no bragging rights they did they were so, so good at it man special man yeah i miss them i, I wish they would come back yeah there was something so special about the community that they built but yeah i mean exactly that and i think that I mean, at the end of the day, if people are going to actually take the time out of their day to come see you when you come through their city or buy a buy a T-shirt or buy a ticket or whatever, like, that's super sick. And I don't really understand. Like, and not saying there's a lot of people, because most people I've met in this day and age, too, like, the egos are really starting to drop and there's a lot of cool people with it. But I don't know. I feel like... Well, yeah, someone it has to. The rock star shit ain't yeah. working no more. It's not. So I feel like if someone's going to do that, like, fucking be bound to hang out with them at least a little bit and... Fucking oh, dude, share a yeah. drink, share a story. Hell yeah, dude. I'm all about that. So, uh, moving on. So, you guys recently went on tour with Red Jumpsuit and Alisana. Uh, yeah. And you guys have been you guys have been hustling at, like, the just ground and pound shitty little, you know, like, tours with Dead Crown and shit like that. How is it finally breaking into being a support act? It is really cool getting to finally get on some of these tours. Like, Getting to play to full rooms every night is fucking incredible. I know, you know we're, what I mean? we're, we're not even there yet, and I'm like, God yeah. damn! Like, but you guys deserve it. You guys deserve it so oh, much. Thank you, man. And I, I mean, it's been really cool. But like, and I'm hoping next time we do a headline run, it will hopefully we can see some results from all this touring that we've been doing. But yeah, yeah, it's been cool, and the bands have been really cool to us, and we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about what to do and what not to do, and. I know just about what really to remember what's important and that's just about the music. What are some of those things? The best. What are some of those things to do and not to do? I I think the best thing is to just have awareness to everyone around you on a tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think and I think that's a pretty simple thing for one but something a lot of people can forget because it's like it's a very emotional thing especially for like a single person it's like you go through a lot of emotions and you go through a lot of shit and you're sleeping in a van and you don't fucking get to shower every day and all that dumb bullshit. But kind of remember that everyone around you is also more than likely in that same boat. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on in their home life and what's going on in their whatever's going on. And so, you know what I mean? Even if someone's being bitchy or a dick or whatever's going on, try and just have awareness and understanding to what's going on with everyone on a tour and realize that it's a lot bigger than you. So like, don't take everything personal. Fucking exactly, man. I feel that. I feel that hard. I, what yeah. Was it, what was it like going on tour with red jumpsuit apparatus? Because when I was in middle school and high school, like, yeah, that was, they were the MTV fuse oh, jam. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same with me. Like I had, I used to, I had a burnt CD that I would fall asleep to when I was a kid that had songs like fucking, silver scene smile in your sleep it had face down it had all those emo bangers and so it was like a band that i grew up like really loving and getting to go on tour with them was really cool man like they were an incredible band to watch every night they're really fucking good and really tight when when you first met them in like like the first initial meeting or whatever did you fanboy a little bit because i definitely would have <laughs> i i really tried not to yeah, and then, no, i'm the same way I, I fan like I'm whenever I meet those people it's like I can't fanboy like it's it's kind of I mean I just I really wanted to make a good impression but like and the other way I also kind of viewed myself we were like we were two of five you know what I mean I was like you know like I kind of took it as they want nothing to do with us 
And so I took every interaction as like, that's oh, hey, man, too. nice to meet you. That's how I am, too. I'm like, if people want to fuck with me, they'll come fuck with me. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, go out and, like, try to get your approval or, you know, bug you and punish you. That's just not how I roll. If you want to fuck with me, you'll fuck with me. But from what I've heard from you, they, they fucked with you guys heavily, didn't they? They were – I mean, we made a really cool bond with those guys, man. Like, especially, like uh, – they called them the Jays because they had – their tour manager was named Jesse. They're <laughs> – uh, fucking their drummer was named John their bass player was named Joey and their uh, guitar player was named Josh and so and there was their all red jumpsuit <laughs> exactly yeah the J's dude that's sick dude so there was just so much but I mean they were just the most fun dudes to hang out with literally every day we were just hanging out by the vans fucking finding some shit to get into going to the bars just like we were just having a good ass time I mean that was really all it was, though. You know what I mean? It was so... It was not about the music. It wasn't about the shows. It was just about building a really cool friendship with those guys. And they shared a lot of wisdom and a lot of really cool stories with us, you know? Yeah, and that's fucking badass. And and other things you've told me about that tour, just to segue a little bit, uh, <laughs> why is it so important to invest in your band's merchandise and get it done the right way? Because when you have good merchandise, you can make a lot of money even if people don't like your band and you got that happened to you guys on that tour didn't it that happened very much so to us on that tour yeah yeah that we, we we had a fat spread and we i thought we had really cool looking merch designs and people seemed to, to enjoy them so yeah it was sick yeah but so like i remember like let's 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 bust this fucking open a little bit i remember you saying you know you're like dude there's some nights where we sold neck and neck with like Alice on a red jumpsuit just because you guys had a fucking spread. And from, you know, you don't have to say this, but I'll say this because I've seen some of their merch and seen their shit. They're not fucking, they don't got a good spread. Their, sh- their merch is kind of dog shit. I mean, I would, the way I would say is it's not as focused on as yeah, other things but but that's important you need to be focused on because yeah then you got this little support band that you're taking out that's like killing it just as hard as you are on merch and it's like damn if our spread was sicker we'd probably just have we would have all that business and have more money but you know also at the same time it worked out for you guys because it was like oh dude our shit looks good we did things right we're making money you know yeah it really I mean it really did it helped us out a ton and you know what I mean? Trying to have, have people there. Like, I go to merch like the second we're done playing, and I try and just meet as many people as I can right off the bat and sell as many t shirts that I can personally, or just even, I, I don't even care about that. Like, I just want to meet as many people that like fucked with us and take a picture, give them a sticker. Like, if I can, like, just make a connection and make them remember the band, like, that's the number one goal, especially on tours like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. And did you, did you find that a lot? Did you get a lot of people on that tour that, Yo, this is my first time seeing you guys. You guys were fucking sick. You know, yeah, a lot of conversion on your guys' end. It was. I mean, we saw the most crazy. We saw the most social media growth on that two and a half week tour than we've ever seen from any Facebook ad, from any post, any album release, than any. Like, it was so weird. We saw. We had because so that's much the real shit, motherfucker. Yeah, that's the real shit. That's what people gravitate to. That's what people latch on to. Is 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 human. You know, this band made me feel something when I watched them. I talked to them, and, like, that's 
you know, they they built a relationship with you guys, and that's like like fuck yeah, that's I loved hearing that from you guys when you did that. Yeah, tour. thank you, man. It was fucking yeah, it was surreal. It was one of the most insane experiences. You know, like going out with bands that we grew up listening to, getting treated as well as we did too. Because like I said, like. When I expect when we're a two of five band, I don't expect to get treated any sort of way. You know what I mean? I'm there to play yeah, yeah. music and fuck off. And they were, I mean, we were just welcomed in so well and got to hang out with everyone every day. And it was just really cool, you know? Yeah, yeah. And those shows were, um, from what I saw and what you told me, they were lit as fuck. Packed yeah, houses they were insane. all the time. But so there's another show you guys played recently that I want to ask you guys about that Jared Dines house show. Yeah. How the fuck was that? How lit was that? What, what, like, what the fuck? You know, I know Jared too. I fucking love him. He was just in Portland with Austin. I got to see them. That was great. I want to get them on the show eventually. But, uh, dude, I was so like just jealous. I was like, God damn it, dude. I want to play fucking Jared's house show. That sounds like so much fun. Like, how was that whole night? Dude, it was so sick, man. Like, we just packed a ton of fucking people into his little-ass garage, and he was about to... He was moving in a couple weeks anyway, so his rule was just like, just go crazy. Like, I don't care if shit breaks, I'm moving. (laughs) So... (laughs) So people were, like, hanging off the fucking, like, garage door, like... I don't fucking know what I'd call those, but, like, the slidey fucking thing. People were hanging off those, and... Busting into the walls and fucking, it was just off the hook, man. It was so fun. God damn, that's sick. What's probably the craziest thing that happened that night? I think, I mean, I think someone, like, I think just injuries, you know what I mean? Like, there was just fucking, like, <laughs> carnage. Damn, that's sick. Yeah, people were fucking, like, yeah, there was, there was no holding back in that, like, it was a tiny fucking garage and people were just going full pit moves and everything. Dude, yeah, and that's so sick. Like those house shows and stuff. Like Dead Crown's first show ever was a house show, and yeah, you know, it's like those those little intimate shows are like uh, they're so fun and they hold such a special place in your heart. But uh, uh, I want to ask you kind of a more serious question now. Um, yeah, I've known you for a long time. You're you're fucking crazy, Benny. You got mad ADHD. Everyone mad knows. ADHD. You got yeah. You're 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 always going at a thousand miles fucking per hour. There's even times where I've had to tell you, like, yo, slow down. Yeah. Take it easy. But so with that, you know, how was having, like, extreme fucking ADHD? Um, and I know you've, over the last, like, year or two, you've started smoking a lot of weed. And I know that's probably helped a lot. But how has, you know, having ADHD to the level that you have it, how has that affected your what you do with music and like trying to achieve this thing because it's very self-driven. You got to rely on yourself to make all this shit happen. And if your yeah. brain's just all over the place, you know, how, how do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? And what's it like? I mean, it's a lot of just self-discipline is a big one. I feel that I mean, you really just have to like, at the end of the day, it's like, I, I have a lot of focus issues is the main one. That's one thing I've always had through school and through everything else. But that's also how I got into music in the first place is because I didn't really want to pay attention in school. I wanted to focus on music. So I just started focusing. I learned how to put all of that energy into one thing. Yeah. Which is why I'm now going a thousand miles an hour whenever it comes to anything music related because I don't really do anything other than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's been really tough, like, just in those senses where it's like, sometimes I just don't know, like, things don't happen as either, you know, as fast as I'd want them to, or, you know what I mean, or I really feel like I need to get some shit done, but I just can't 
bring myself to be able to focus on it or just yeah any of those types of things yeah damn so what have you done to like cope with it and uh you know work around it because and, and i'm sure your bandmates feel it too they're probably just like you know you know do you get checked and be like benny you need to fucking like focus and slow down like, uh, well, you know, luckily i don't i actually i mean i'm kind of like band dad most of the time exactly so. yeah I'm usually the one trying to kind of rein everyone else in, but I mean, for me, like I've, I've tried to use it in a, just to kind of settle myself down, especially now as I've gotten a little bit older is I've tried to just remember that life is not going to ever happen as fast as I want it to. I know, and smoking weed definitely helps for that. You <laughs> yeah, know what and, I mean? And with, with life happening fast too, because I don't have ADHD, but I am, I am extremely self-disciplined to the sense where it's like, if stuff isn't happening or if I'm not working, that kind of determines my um how i feel about yeah 100 percent. i'm the same way man like if i if i feel like i'm not getting enough done or i'm not getting like the things that i want done or this isn't happening the way it's going like that will fuck me up really bad and And then but one thing i've come to realize over the last couple years is like okay this shit isn't happening it's actually diamond dallas page uh he says it uh it's not about things happening it's about the right things happening at the right time. So it's just, For real. You know, so I've learned to be like, man, like, I'm not getting these things, you know, and I'm working really hard to, like, get to these goals, and they're not happening right now. But it's like, yeah, you know, it's if it did happen right now, I might not be ready for it. Yeah, it's okay. that's a really, yeah. that's a huge thing to look at. Yeah, and so it's like, it's okay to s- step back and be like, okay, well, if I just keep doing my shit, it's going to come eventually. And you want to know what? The slow burn is... Like I, I, I don't know. All I feel like all the people that get success overnight, it, it usually fizzles fizzles out eventually. Exactly. And, and I, I feel mean, like the it's, slow burn, longevity game. Exactly. Low and slow, baby. Um, but yeah. So is that is that the way you kind of look at things too? Yeah, I mean that's why I try to at least. Like I said, like with having, like with wanting to get stuff done. But other the other thing that sucks is with having ADHD is sometimes just not being able to focus like on anything. It's like yeah, there's yeah. literally like so many things going on that it's like I will find myself just drifted off and then like an hour later I'll be like dude I didn't even think about anything I just thought about 8 billion things all at the same time and I didn't get anything done and then that starts getting existential and it just goes again and so like really trying to like get myself out of those loops and just remember to like if I just keep if I just get a little bit done and just get a little bit moving forward then I will you know what I mean hopefully get closer to my end goal even if it sucks like just get it out do something work on something and keep working towards a goal rather than nothing. Dude, yeah, and that's something like I I have to remind myself about too. Um how does depression play into this for you? How's your mental health? Uh I mean, it's not the strongest at all times. I mean, I've had a lot of anxiety, especially social anxiety issues, and that always leads into I mean, I've had a lot of depression issues too growing up. I was a kid who was bullied in school and shit like that. And yeah. so that was totally right, that, man. I, I yeah. feel you. I feel you. You know, you know what I mean? So that was yeah. a really tough thing growing up. And so it was like, I, I had to kind of just learn how to find love in myself and yeah. not look for it in other people. But that can also be a very lonely space. It, it is. No, because I've, that's what I had to do a while back and I found it. But now, recently, I, I've been, like, kind of not very good uh, mentally recently. Yeah. And um, it's kind of going back to all that 
Blake just grabbed me a beer, so mad shout to Blake. Thank you so much for that. Well, I mean, it's bottom of the bottle. You boys should be drinking. Oh, yeah, no, and he, he, he gave me shots earlier, and now I'm just like, yep, it's time, baby. It's We can't stop drinking. But, yeah, no, my, my headspace recently, and I think it's like, you know, because I, I, I want to talk about this because I know I could talk about it with you guys. Um, yeah, for sure. It's like, do we, we, like, we had the whole launch on Stay Sick. And like it was sick, and then we went on that tour. We did so what? We had all of our peers and all of our people being like, "You guys are fucking sick." And then we go to finish our album, and then it's like it's just all gone away. Yeah. And and my worth, I like when when you're getting that flavor of the month attention, you start fixating that that's what your worth is based on. And then when it starts going away, you're like, "Fuck, man, I'm fucked. Like I'm not worth shit. I can't do shit." And so it's been, it's been, and it's a new experience for me too. Um, it's, you know, Dead Crown's like the most successful I've been in music so far. But yeah. Uh, so, and I know you've been through shit like that too. And I, I know it's hard. It's a really fucky game and a really like mind fuck industry that we're in. And I can see why mental health is such a huge thing in music and why so many artists deal with it because it's so hard to base what your fucking worth is on. For real, and like, and when you, and especially going into that, like, you touched on the great thing where it's like the music industry itself is such a toxic place for industry and shit like that. And then when you break it down to like that alone, would just crumble a person. And then yeah, think that, like, yeah, family issues and other things like that's something that I've had to deal with, and I know a lot of people yeah. deal with. I mean, I know you and your, you've had your family issues too. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Whatever's going on in your home life, what's going on with your friends, so everything that's even bigger than the fucking band and anything you're doing, like that can come into play. And so it can be so tough that even when the, like everything with the band is going well, you still feel really shitty about things, you know? Dude. Yeah. And then like, and then when you take that and you pair it with the road, I, I like, I think the last tour I was on or the tour before that, I was having a hard time cause shit at home was just like not cool and like yeah. not good for me. And just things around me were just not good, but then it's like you can't even like think about it because when you know a lot of people think too, or oh you're going on a fucking vacation. No, it's work all the time, motherfucker. You're not getting any sleep. You're go go go. You're not getting shit. You're eating Taco Bell every fucking day. Your diet shit. Everything shit. And then on top of that, it's like you know I can't fix problems that are three thousand miles away from me. Yeah, one hundred percent. And then it's like, and especially when it's people that are close to you, it's it's so tough to like have to get yourself out of that headspace of you know like I'm not there. I have to just be an ear or a friend, but I can't let that take a toll on my focus to get what I'm getting done on the road or for the album or for whatever. You know what I mean? You have to. It's a balance yeah. game, especially because it's like to make it in the music industry and I'm like, cause we're not making it by any means yet, but I know both of us are trying our fucking asses off. It takes so much more dedication than 40 hours a week job. You know what I mean? No, yeah, it you is, live this shit. It's, it's, it's you a lifestyle. It's constant. There is no, yeah. there's no days off. There's no fucking any of that shit. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, it's taken. I, and you could say this too. It's taken over my life. And I know it's oh, taking over absolutely. your life, you know, and that's what I mean. Like when it, it comes down to just the worth, it's like you, you it, it because you put so much into this thing. It's like this is what I'm worth. And when when you get a taste of of the top, it's sick. You're like this. Is, I'm on I'm on top of the fucking mountain, baby. Like this is fucking awesome. But then yeah, it's especially since it's 2019. Attention spans are shorter than ever. 
you drop off for like two seconds and you're at the bottom of the fucking mountain again. It takes a lot to stay on the top in this day and age. Dude, and it's and it fucks with your head so hard. Dude, for real. I mean, think about it. Like, think about how much it sucks to fucking you spend so long trying to develop the most best sounding Facebook post for your band or for you or the most best like all this shit for fucking twelve people to see it and fucking you know what I mean? It's like and then you're Dude, like I Yeah, I, especially with social media, like I'll sit there with just like for thirty minutes trying to find a fucking stupid caption to post yeah. for something and I'm like this has taken 30 minutes of my life to make a fucking caption for a picture to post on Instagram to hope that people will interact with it and like that people that's like the stupidest dumbest easiest thing but that's the hardest thing at the same time and people don't Dude, get that real. social media is such a weird thing in this day and age because it's like I feel like especially now everyone's kind of in this weird mode like do we care about it still? Do we not care about it? Do we like what? You know what I mean? It's not. I've always, not I've always felt like I've been in the position where it's like I have to care about it because if I didn't have my business, if I didn't have this podcast, if I didn't have my baby, yeah. uh, I would be off social media. I'd be like, fuck this shit. But I have to have it because I make my living off of it. Dude, I'm in the same boat being exactly. a promoter for a living. I have to, yeah. I have to run ads for a living pretty much to make sure my events do well. You know. Yeah, and like listen to what other fuckers have to say. When it comes to people's like shitty opinions about my band, I don't listen. But yeah, you know, there's like some effort of like you have to listen and you have to see it and you have to try to get something out of it. And I think that's the fucky thing is trying to get something out of social media, which it's like, dude, if you're basing your life on that, trying to get something out of something that's like not even fucking real, that's it's a fucky thing. But it's a game you have to play. It is, especially in the music game. Because how else are people going to fucking see it? It's not the day and age people are going into music stores and buying the newest record and hearing shit on the radio. Spotify playlists is maybe one other way. You know what I mean? That's a big thing that's helped Well, that's bands, a hard thing to break through, too. That's you a know? huge fucking thing to break into. But and you guys have been even, lucky with that. You guys have gotten been great. very lucky with that. You guys have, yeah. We haven't gotten shit, dude. We've tried. Yeah. But, yeah. What do you guys, like, the submitting and shit? Like... I don't know. It's I think, just a I think game, thing, man. It's it, so it shot. And, and I, I remember talking to Mike. Mike was telling me, um, dude, like for all the metal playlists, it's all one dude. So yeah. it's it's you're trying to, you you got to convince one dude to put you on a whole spectrum of, of, of different listings. And it's like, okay, you it's, it's not about if you're fucking good or not. It's like, all right, hopefully this guy takes the time to, like see like it's just a game of chance it is and especially thinking about it because it's like with every label and every this it's like every label has x amount of artists with i would you hate, have to try and submit every artist and every this and you yeah. know one of them lands something you I know would, i would hate to have that guy's email inbox oh my god it's probably dude. just flooded with bullshit dude oh my god it's probably just the worst thing ever so exactly. wait as, as two frontmen and two different bands yeah. what social media platform works best for you Works best for me, like, mentally, the one I enjoy the most or the one that gets us the most shit? The one that reaches out to the most people. Um, You you and Benny, I want to know. I would say, as weird as it it is, because, like, with us, we had, uh, like, we have, like, fronds of people who shout us out on Instagram. So, our Instagram does pretty well whenever we post something. Uh, But for me, personally, like, where I spend my most time is probably Twitter. Like yeah, face, Facebook can fuck right off. I fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> Wait, what about you then, Benny? I I I think I get the most grow. I I reach the most people through Instagram and Facebook. I think like I don't I don't have Twitter down yet. I don't fucking like Twitter. 
it's 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 a weird thing once you get twitter and you're on it and like yeah it's beautiful because like i had a i had a viral meme a viral i created a viral dead crown meme and it, yeah. dude it got almost a hundred thousand views on twitter it was basically just uh the part and family the the main breakdown in the end that was like take it back i don't want the shit anymore yeah yeah and i i just i took that little clip and i captioned it uh i think i said when you go through the taco bell drive-thru and they fuck up your order and you have to go back and it just yeah. took off like i wasn't expecting it to and it like it got thousands of retweets that's the dumbest shit in the whole fucking world <laughs> Dude, that's what i mean and it's like that dumb shit it's like oh this is what it takes like you know oh okay but the weirdest shit is what people like man so yeah. like i don't i usually like that's kind of been my approach to every like especially the industry the band and everything lately is just to kind of give everything especially with the new music we've been writing i'm kind of bummed we don't get to have mu- new music out sooner but we're gonna be working on a new record soon finally oh dude i i feel that and that actually segues into the next question too but no i real yeah. quick i feel that because for us it's been we've been writing a new record for a long time and we're finally in the final stages of it but dude it's just been like uh with every day that it's just not done like we feel it yeah and well and it, i know that both of you guys are in because a lot of new people are hearing these songs for the first time but we've been friends for so long our songs and your songs we've all known these songs for fucking years yeah you guys you know played, I mean? yeah you guys played a song uh at the american me show that i knew the words for but it was a new one Cause you, oh, hell so, yeah. you showed it to me, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, but but that's what I mean. You guys probably won't release shit for another fucking nine months to a year. But it's like, yeah, all these demos and all these things have been floating around forever. Yeah, it's fucking weird. exactly. So it's so weird. And that's just that's a, such a, a weird part of the fucking game. Yeah. So speaking of that and the, the writing process and uh, or just writing music in general, creating new content, uh, what is because. We, we kind of live in the, the new millennial era of writing music and stuff. And um, I know Dead Crown, our writing process, whenever I tell people how we do shit, they're, they're kind of like weird about it. And they're like, really? That's how you guys do stuff? And it's like, yeah. And it works out really good. And, yeah. Uh, but so what's your guys' writing process like? I don't know. For us, we've always been – it's always been kind of weird because we – for the longest time we were a band where it was like Nick would work on all the songs and Jason too or whatever. And then I would just put vocals on later and then they would kind of produce my vocals and we'd all be a very collaborative process. But, but I wouldn't really do much with the music side of things. And Nick wouldn't usually really do much side with the lyrics things. Jason would kind of be like the team player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That floats back and forth. Yeah, but we've kind of, we, especially for our last big writing chunk, we had different members in the band. So it's really been us. That was really only us three writing beforehand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's pretty normal, though. So it's mainly like you, Nick, and Jason that are like doing a majority of it. Yeah, we yeah. do a majority of it, but um, lately with the new stuff we've been writing, like ever since we've been writing pretty much since the albums come out. Yeah. And it's been a completely different process. And whereas, like, now, like, I'm coming to the studio with full songs written in my head and we work them out, or Nick has a half of a song written, or I have a song and Nick writes vocals to that, and it, it's totally, like, there's no structure to it whatsoever anymore. Okay. Yeah, we literally just, we, whatever happens, happens. If Jason comes to the studio with a song, we track that song out. We're like, that's cool. Everyone put your opinions out on it. And then Paul, our new drummer, has just yeah. been... 
that dude's a fucking blessing, man. Yeah, he Paul's is sick. I love Paul. Where did you, oh my god, man. Where did he you rips. find this guy, by the way? Yeah, where did Paul come from? Paul a fucking is, alien, dude. Came Paul from came Area from uh, a band called Beyond the Woods from the Seattle area. Did you guys go They're to like Area, 50, Area 51 and find him there? Yeah. We, yeah, we took our trip to Area 51. Dude, I'm so <laughs> bummed. We were going to go on a camping trip to Area 51 after this tour we have coming up. We had the whole trip planned out, and it was before all this fucking Bob Lazar shit popped off. And we hadn't, <laughs> and we hadn't confirmed our rooms or anything at the Alien Inn or anything. And now everything's just booked up. Oh, fuck. So we the raid's actually dope. happening. Oh, I don't, I don't I don't even know. Like I, this wasn't even around the raid time. We were just gonna go out there because it's really fucking cool if you got if anyone's ever been out there. That's the most insane thing. Whether it's aliens or government, whatever, it's just super surreal, deserty. Well, There's you, a really eerie feeling out there. You already know your boys all about the, the UFOs and the aliens. So yeah, I would I would be all over that shit. Oh, of course, exactly. So yeah, we did our first trip out there in February, just to kind of just to go out there for anything. We didn't yeah. like spend the night or anything. We just really wanted to go see that little town, Rachel. Uh huh. And it was so sick. And so, but we only got to spend a couple hours there. And ever since then, we've been dying to go back. And so, we finally had this tour that, and our tour was supposed to end in Vegas. And another date got out of it. Fuck it, we were still going to go back anyways. And then, yeah, this Bob Lazar shit popped off, and now. It's just like everyone's going there. Basically, from now until that raid time, it's a hot zone. Yo, Benny, did you know that Kendall and I have a UFO experience from when him and I were in the band? Yeah? Yeah. Actually, I feel like Kendall's told me this briefly I don't on a know long it. hot tub night. Yeah, I don't know it exactly. I was asleep, so Blake can probably tell this story. Yeah, because I, yeah. dri- I was driving the van. Okay, so give it to me. I was driving. We were in New Mexico. Yeah, we so were like we, we were, were yeah in the thick of New Mexico, like in the bare desert, like between we I were, think Albuquerque and some place. We were like twenty minutes away from Area Fifty One. Yeah, yeah, we like we're relatively okay. close. I'm driving down this freeway, right? Yeah, and I'm, so I'm driving. There's like some construction shit going on, whatever. And there's this. I see this light, like you know, probably a couple hundred yards away. It's this like flashing light. And it looked like it was something to do with construction or whatever. And so Colton and I are sitting in the front seats and I'm like, what the fuck is that? We drive up next to it. As soon as I like pass it, the entire van lit up like blinding white. And everyone, the, everyone that was asleep woke up and they were like, what the fuck just happened? It was really bright. It was abnormally bright. Yeah. It was just like all That's white. wild. And then when, after we drove past it, Colton and I looked in the mirrors and like turned around, looked, the fucking light was gone. Yeah. Yo. It wasn't flashing anymore. Yeah, there I was remember, nothing there. I remember you guys were screaming like, wake the fuck up, wake the fuck up. And I was like, what? And then you guys were like, did you see that light? And I was like, I don't know. It was really bright. I was sleeping. It woke me up. But then you guys were like, it's fucking gone now. And I was like, oh, fuck. It, yeah. That's a goddamn UFO. That's insane, dude. But. You're welcome. Dude, there, there's <laughs> definitely something to that shit. For, and dude, it's been so exciting for anyone that's about it, for all the information that's been coming out lately. Oh, yeah, dude. I've been I've been so deep in this shit for so long. Like, it's it's been so sick to see UFO shit, like, in the mainstream news and not be made a mockery out of. It's tight. It's dude, finally, for real, It's Sam. finally getting, like, the recognition it deserves. I agree, and it's excited. I mean, people are just asking questions about. I mean, regardless whether it's 
even about the alien effort in general, I think it's going to make people more aware to what's going on in our world. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be really cool if people start paying attention a little bit more. Yeah, for real. So, low-key shout-out to Bob Lazar. Uh, I think I've already thrown this out into the universe. Uh, Bob Lazar has a guest list to any show I play ever for the rest of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> oh, Yo, sorry. Bob Lazar also has a guest list to our show, too. I was going to say, sure. yeah. Yeah, so Bob Lazar, dude, uh, if you're trying to fucking see some alien-ass breakdowns and shit, come out. <laughs> Uh, you, you list on us, and I'll, I'll I'll fucking just open my tab up to that guy. Like, <laughs> but drinks okay. on me, Bobby. Drinks on me, Bob. Come out. Like I know you like whiskey. Let's fucking get it, baby. Uh, so besides that, um, what advice could you give to bands who are trying to come up? I would just say get inspired and get really dedicated. Like really get like. I don't know. I feel like if you're creating something that you're one foot in, one foot out on, you're never going to be able to truly have a fun, sustainable career. Write music you want to write, play it with your friends, care about the right shit, pay attention, don't give a fuck about an ego. I know. I, I feel like it's all common sense shit, but it's shit you have to remember. At the end of the yeah, day, you're yeah, fucking no, playing and, music and with like, your friends. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't understand the ego shit. It's like, drop that shit because one person there's 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 some situations in some bands where that works but for the most part at the end of the day it's like dude you're gonna get so much farther if you work as a team and you know people will be like i work as a team it's like uh eh, but you, you kind of fucking don't so yeah no, drop that ego like, shit dude let let other fuck people the ego shit. fuck yeah. caring about any of it like just play music with your friends and care about you know what I mean? care about impacting people with your music more than anything yeah, and I always say to people, because at the end of the day, no matter how bad shit is or whatever, what I tell my guys and what I try to reflect on is at the end of the day, hey, guys, have fun. That's yeah, what this real. shit's all about. Have fun with what you're doing. If you're not having fun, then why the fuck are you doing it? Have the time of your life. Like, you get to play music in a different city every night. Like, that's yeah. already, that's something that's such a small percentage of people ever get to do. Exactly. Like, yeah. Who fucking cares if there's two people there or two hundred people there or whatever? Like, I get so excited just to play music every night. And I think that's like I don't know. I I see a lot of bands that forget that aspect of it and I don't know. Don't oh, ever well, not yeah. be excited and, to play your music. And I, I tell that to like my guys and stuff too, but I mainly tell it to them to tell it to myself because there's times where it's like, dude, because when you're on the road, man, you know, shit's not always in your favor. Shit's not always going good. Oh, it's, it's not. Never. It's not, it's and, rarely and, is going in your favor. Yeah, nothing's going in your favor. You're like, this is shit, man. This is like, this is not the best way to live. But at the same time, it's like, uh, actually, little story. Uh, when we broke down in Pasadena, I think it was, no, not Pasadena. It was Coachella, the actual city, Coachella. We broke down there, our van did, and we took it to a Ford dealer. And the guy was like, well, what are you guys doing out here? You know, there's like a bunch of you. You know, he could obviously tell we were in a band. I was like, oh, we're in a band. We're on tour right now. We got to be in a Cupertino in like 24 hours. So, you know, we like we're in a really stressful situation. Oh, are right these on those fucking dates that I booked for you on your way home from Outline? I think so, yeah. But we, we broke down in uh, Coachella and like we were just, it was the end of the tour we did with Outline. Yeah, and we had this 48-hour drive from fucking like, I think Texas to Cupertino. And we broke down, and so I was just down in the dumps. I was just like, you know, he's like, oh, you guys are in a band, huh? And I was like, yeah. And 
you know, I was just, I was definitely just like on a whim. I was like, just like, God damn it. Like, this is like the last thing we fucking need. And I was like, please help us out. And he was like, you know, he was like, well, that's really fucking cool that you guys do that. And I was like, man, it's not all glitz and glory. Like it's, it's nothing special. That's what I told him. And he said, well, you want to know what? I know everyone at this fucking office would much rather be where you guys are now instead of being in this fucking dealership working. And he said that to me and I was like, damn. Fuck. Yo, yeah. that shit, that's, that hits, dude. It, yeah, shit like that hits. And it's like, yeah, man, I do have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, I'm broke down in fucking Coachella, but I'm also out with my best friends playing music in a different city every night. I've been to all these places. I've I've lived in, like, the fucking depth of the culture of these cities. Like, yeah, that's a fucking cool thing. Dude, that's a that's an insane thing, man. And like, that's the craziest thing is all those experiences you meet. Like, the crazy story that we had, we played uh, Growlers in Memphis, Tennessee, which is a and that's a club that a lot of tour packages go through. Yeah. And it was just shot beyond all shotness, dude. Like, literally, there was two people there. And been there, baby, been there, baby. But the owner happened to be there that night, and he really dug us because we we decided to be like i think every show is going to be shot so i i expect that so then when it's not that i, I get really excited but when it's just that that's like, how i am I'm too still for I, I always you know what in, I mean? yeah i walk into it like worst case scenario i'm like oh dude there's there's no way why would anyone come to this fucking show tonight like that's the first thing i tell to myself that anytime <laughs> i get to a venue yeah but uh, I don't know. With that, I think that. But he was stoked on us, and he still. Man, he. We didn't get paid very much or anything that night. But he personally, he bought like three merch things from us and fucking tipped us out. And he was just like, "Yo, like I really want, like I just want you guys to know that I support what you're doing. You guys are welcome anytime." And it's like, I don't know. I feel like if you play your heart out every night, you'll make a ton of experiences like that with as many different people rather than if you're just like, oh, fuck this, show shot, boo, and you go into it with that heart. I, I feel like that shows. Yeah, yeah, so that, that leads me, I, I, I asked this to Ian last week. So as a fellow frontman, yeah. do you feel a different pressure on you compared to the rest of the band instead of, you know, like, because it's, it's our job, and I, I've talked to you about this before, and me and you are, we're very frontman orientated, like, you know, we're vocalists in the studio, but on stage, we're fucking frontmen, and we 100%. We both know what that means. So is there a different pressure? Like, do you feel that pressure every night when it's like, I don't know if this shit's going to be shot or not, but it's my job to make the best out of this? And how, like, does that fuck with your head? If It you know, does, but I try, you know what I mean? It's like, I, you can't, it can't not fuck with you a little bit. Like, like any, everyone says they, they don't let it, but it's like, of course there's that underlying factor of it's like, man, like I could really make or break this being fucking really good or really bad, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, because like those shows where there's like two kids there, it's like, well, we need to make money because if we don't, we're not going to get to the next city. So those two kids that are here, they have to buy fucking merch. How are yeah. they going to buy merch? They got to really like what we're doing in sand. I know my boys are holding it down on the instruments and stuff, but how I'm like, as a frontman, you're the fucking personality in the face of shit. And it's up to you at the end of the day to be like, are people having a good time or a bad time? No matter how yeah. many people are there. And that's a hard thing to fucking do, man. Oh, dude, that's a fucking huge thing to carry. But, dude, I like one thing I'm going to go back to even what you said earlier, we've been talking about. The biggest thing that we've tried to take the approach with lately is have fun. Just, you know what I mean? Because I feel like if you're having fun, especially with your friends, like, and I know if, if you have fun doing what you love, then it's going to show. 
So it's like if you try exactly. not overthink it and, and you just have fun. And it's those shot nights where, again, I say it like, because I'm, I'm kind of like the ringleader too in my band where I have to gather the boys around and tell them like, guys, we got to have fun. It's, they don't, they might not know this, but it's mainly so I can tell it to myself. Yeah. And and, in, and that's so true. And it's always in those shitty nights where it's like, okay, well, we got to make the best of this. Let's just go have fun and let's just do our fucking thing. And people are going to vibe with that more than anything. Yeah. I think that dude, that honesty and that type of shit, it shows so tough. Dude, yeah, for real, man. So, um, besides that, winding down, um, yeah. what advice do you have people actually out on the road? Because you guys are little fucking road champs. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are some, some like, little hacks or tricks or things you'd give to people who are, you know, busting in the tour world and what they can do to make their lives easier out on the road? I really, I think investing into the right things, like, Get a Planet Fitness membership. There's Planet Fitnesses Definitely. literally everywhere. There's no reason you should not be able to shower every day. Dude, yeah, Planet Fitness changed the game for us. I, the, yeah. our, our whole last tour we did without a Planet, uh, without staying at anyone's house because we had the Planet Fitness shit. So we would just drive, wake up, shower, eat, drive. Yeah, and so, dude, shit like that, and then uh, we did, because we did about six months on the road straight, which isn't shit to what some of these bands do, but that was the longest no, we've ever done. that's still a lot, yeah, and like, I, yeah. you know, I, our, the beginning of our year was a lot, but it wasn't six months, man, and even we were yeah. just like, damn, we were on a road a lot at the beginning of this year, so, but yeah, what what, yeah. what other things do you have for people? Uh, you can get really burnt out in that sense, so I think that really watch like trying to watch what you eat and trying to if you can try and work out try and get a little beside your set try and like focus on your body a little bit because the easiest thing every day is going to be to fucking go to taco bell and go to the i mean we're all guilty of it but if oh, you can, yeah if you can try and go eat that salad one extra day or you can go eat fruit or you can stock save money go to walmart get a fucking get food you don't need to go out every day for like that's a huge tip that a lot of I see a lot of bands don't do. Like stock up, have food. All right. Well, hey Betty, um, closing down. Is there anything you need to punch? I know you got tour dates. Uh, anything you need to plug or say? Uh, fire yeah, away. Yeah, come out, come out and see us next month. We're gonna be playing down the West Coast with Alisana, Capture, and uh, Dead Superstar. Just fucking dates are on all of our socials. We've been plastering the shit out of it. Come hang out with us. Fucking. We're a lot of fun, you know? <laughs> you guys are a lot of fun, man. <laughs> Thank you. All right, well, hell yeah. And where can people find you guys? You can find us at We Are Avoid on Instagram and at Avoid PNW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash We Are Avoid. Merch at www.merchnow.we. Oh, fuck. www.avoid.merchnow.com. <laughs> All right, well, hell yeah, Betty. Well, Dude, thank you so much for taking the time to, to come and bullshit with me. Um, no, nah, sure, man, thank you for having me, for yeah, real. And I'm sure this won't be the last time I have you or one of the boys on the show, so thank you so much, man. Oh, dude, let's do a group thing together. What if we do like a oh, Dead Crowd dude. Avoid podcast? Dude, I've already, I already want to do one with just me and my boys, and I just want to get them fucked up and just <laughs> shoot the shit. But yeah, I, like if we could get up to Seattle or something, just get all the mics and get the big interface. That's what I'm just, saying. We get a yeah. big like group, like a dinner table, oh. and we all have a mic. <laughs> family dinner, baby. Shit, dude. We'll just, we'll, yeah, we'll just call that family dinner. That'd be so good. 
Dude, that'd be so fun. I'm always down. Yeah, hell yeah. Well, hey, Benny, thank you guys so much. I'm going to leave them out with a song. And, uh, yeah, this has been Bottom of the Bottle. Thank you again, Blake. I'm Kendall. I'm Blake. And we'll see you guys next time, all right? Hell yeah. Thank you, man. See you guys soon. Love you, Benny.